8. Uh, I want to uh, preach a message from a passage of Scripture we've already looked at this year, and uh, I want to bring a message tonight that I think will be a help to us and a challenge to us. And uh, uh, you do realize that the Lord is coming back again. Um, the day is going to come when that trump is going to sound. Uh, the dead in Christ shall rise, and those that remain will be caught up with Him in the air. That is going to happen. I cannot tell you when it is. Only the Father knows when that time will come. But He has instructed us. We have been instructed uh, to look for His appearing. Uh, we are to live today like He's returning today. Uh, my wife is currently out of town, and uh, I know when she's coming back. And so the dishwasher will get loaded the day she is coming back. That's why God has never said on such a such a day uh, I, that Trump's going to sound. Because Christians would do like a lot of Christians do now and say, well, I've got time. Uh, I've got time to get things in order. I've got time to go tell my loved one about, about salvation. I've got time. And we don't know that we have time. Uh, I am reminded, and I just feel a, uh, just in my own walk with the Lord, and my own personal study, and then uh, looking at the vision for our church, I just I feel the pressure. I feel the uh, urgency of the hour we live in because we have but one life. And Scripture tells us life is but a vapor. Uh, I remember hearing my parents and my grandparents uh, say, say things, when you get, and now I'm saying it to, to those that come under me. And uh, well, time just gets by. And I want us to be ready. I want us to take advantage as a church. And between now and the end of the year, now that we move, I want to do my best to get us ready uh, to take this next step and to do what it is that I feel that the Lord will give us the opportunity to do. So tonight, I want to just bring a message that will remind us uh, of, of, uh, of what is important to the Lord, important uh, for our lives as Christians. It's a familiar story. Uh, Acts chapter number 8, we'll begin reading in verse number 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near, and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the Scripture which he read was this, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip 
and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. We have this account in Scripture, this story of Philip being sent by the Lord himself to go and give the gospel uh, to this Ethiopian. He did not know what, what, what God had in store for him. He did not know the man that he would encounter there. Uh, but I want you to draw your attention to verse number 27. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, notice this next phrase, who had the charge of all her treasure. This man was the treasurer for the queen. He oversaw the wealth of that kingdom. But I want to preach to you tonight on this subject, a heavenly treasure quest. A heavenly treasure quest. Isn't it amazing that a man who dealt with wealth beyond you and I would ever see every day was not satisfied with that wealth, but he was seeking a different kind of a treasure. He was seeking a different kind of a solution. Tonight, I want to preach on that subject, a heavenly treasure quest. Father, I pray that you'll help us tonight as we look into the Word of God. May the Holy Spirit of God have liberty. May he speak to our hearts. May he remind us of that which is so important, and that is salvation. All that's going to matter when we take our last breath on this side of eternity is are we saved? Have we trusted Christ as our Savior? All that's going to matter is our eternity, our salvation. And Father, I pray that everyone here has that settled this evening. And we have it settled tonight. May we realize how valuable it is, how precious it is. May we rejoice in it. May we have victory because of it. But may we be willing to share it with others. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The Scripture tells us just a little bit about this Ethiopian. We do not even have his name. But we do know this was a man who had authority. Verse 27 tells us that. Uh, he was of great authority. Uh, he was a man that was uh, underneath the queen. Uh, the Scripture does not tell us, but I think it would reason a possibility of why this man was on this journey. Perhaps the queen sent him and said uh, that there's something that is missing, or maybe because he had great authority, maybe because he had some position, he had, was at liberty to go and find that which he was searching for. As I mentioned, we know that he had charge of all of her treasure. He was the treasurer. He was a man of position, a man that knew what it was like to have some authority. This was a man that was trusted by his queen. But we find this man on a quest of a different kind. This was not a quest of power. This was not a quest of wealth, but this was a quest in search of a different treasure. We could say it like this. He was on a heavenly treasure quest. Isn't it ironic, and I wish all of the young people and all of the teenagers would listen to me just for a moment. Isn't it ironic that a man that had everything the world had to offer was looking for that which he did not have? Isn't it ironic that a man who knew what it was like to have position in the world, who knew what it was like to have uh, some authority in the world, knew something was missing and was looking for something else? Don't give up that which you were introduced to at a young age. 
I thank God for my testimony. I thank God that I grew up in a Christian home and as a child, I heard the gospel and I declared, as this Ethiopian declared, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I put my faith and trust in Him. Friend, don't go looking uh, for, for, for something else out there. If you're saved tonight, you have the most precious thing you could possibly have. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. But He had that which this world would offer, but He is on a different kind of a quest. The Scripture tells us that He went to Jerusalem to worship. His journey began in Ethiopia. That's where as an Ethiopian man, he was from. It began in Ethiopia, which was over a thousand mile journey. He could not book a flight with an airline. He could not get on a train. He couldn't even hire Uber in that day. Uh, He had to make the journey by chariot. And he made this over 1,000 mile journey. The Bible says he came to Jerusalem to worship. That tells us the nature of his trip. That tells us the purpose of why he left the comforts, the responsibilities, the privileges he had to find something that he did not have. He went to that holy city of Jerusalem. Perhaps they had heard of of the religious uh, of that day. Maybe they had heard of the favor of God on his people. Maybe they had heard the name of Jesus, and now this eunuch is searching for that which they obviously did not have. He went to Jerusalem to worship. Where did he go? He went to the house of worship. He went to the temple. He went to the place of religion. And yet we still find him in a desert place, approximately 60 miles south of where he was in Gaza, still looking for that heavenly treasure. There's an obvious lesson right there. If you found salvation, you didn't find it in religion. If you found salvation, uh, you didn't find it in in, in a house of worship. You found it in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is looking and he is searching and he has made the over 1,000 mile journey in, in a chariot to get to the place of worship. He gets to Jerusalem and he still has not found what he is looking for. And now he has stopped by the wayside in a desert place, and he is reading in the scriptures. At the same time, God moves in the heart, and God sends an angel to give instruction to Philip. Philip, who is, who is, who is, who is winning people to Christ. Philip, who is seeing a great revival in Samaria. God interrupts. Don't miss this. God interrupts Philip ministering to the masses and sends him out of the way so that he can minister to one individual. Friend, don't tell me that you're not important to God. You are important to God. Don't tell me that God is only interested in just a certain group of people. No, God is interested in every one of his creation. He is interested in the single person as much as he is in the masses. And he sends this man of God, this deacon of the church, to witness to him and to be a healthy. And Philip did not know that he was on a heavenly treasure quest. Philip did not know that this man was the treasurer for his queen. He did not know the position he had. He did not know the authority over which he served. But Philip was obedient, and we find this man on this treasure quest. And I want us to see very quickly, with that thought in mind of this heavenly treasure quest, before I give the outline tonight, let's be reminded that there are people still on that quest today. This man had it all, but yet he was missing something. 
This world would say they have it all, but yet if they don't have the Lord Jesus Christ, they're missing something. There's emptiness there. There's a void there. This man was willing to ride in a chariot over a thousand miles through the dust and through the weather, searching for that which was missing in his life. But notice in the Scripture, I believe this will be a help to us tonight, be a reminder to us tonight of the value of our salvation. First of all, I want us to notice the chest that contains the treasure. Look at verse number 28. Was returning, speaking of the Ethiopian, and sitting in the chariot reading Isaiah the prophet. Look with me in verse number 32. What was he reading? The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. See, the chest that contains the treasure, the heavenly treasure, is the scriptures. That's the chest that contains the treasure. Friend, don't be flippant about the Word of God. The Word of God you hold in your hand is the chest that contains the most valuable thing that, to man, and that is our salvation. That is that plan that God set forth so that man could be reconciled to God in spite of his sin, in spite of his failures, through the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the chest that contains the treasure was the Scriptures. And friend, it is still the Scriptures today that man needs for salvation. You're not going to find it in a self-help group. You're not going to find it in a party atmosphere. You're not going to find it in worship. You are only going to find it in the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to find it about the living Word from the written Word of God. It is time that Christians today realize the value we have in our Bibles, the value we have in the Scriptures. I'll just be very blunt, be very upfront with you, which probably is not a surprise to you. When somebody for the first time walks in the doors of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, I want the scriptures to be preeminent. The scriptures are what's going to be preached. The scriptures are what people are going to be pointed to because that is the chest that contains that heavenly treasure that is unlike any other treasure. That chest that contains the treasure is the scriptures. Number two this evening. As we move along, I want us to see the key that opens the chest. We have seen that the chest of this heavenly treasure is the scriptures. The man had the, che- the treasure chest, if you will. He had the scriptures. We know he was reading from the book of Isaiah. We know the very verse of scripture that he was reading and he was pondering, but yet he did not have the key to open that treasure chest. He had the treasure chest, but he didn't have the key. What is the key to the, the, the chest that contains the treasure? Look at me in verse number 30. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? Now notice verse 31. And he said, How can I accept some man should guide me. The key to open the chest that contains the scriptures was the witness of this man, Philip. This Ethiopian, he had the, the chest the whole time. That chest contained the most valuable thing known to man. It contained the words of God that point men to Christ. We see the text that tells us of the one Lord Jesus Christ that would lay down his life for mankind so that their sin debt could be paid, so that they could have salvation. He contained it, but yet when he was asked the question, 
understandest thou what thou readest? His response, how can I accept some man should guide me. See, you and I have forgotten that we have the Holy Spirit of God as a saved person inside of us that teaches us the scriptures, that, 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 that leads us down the path of righteousness, that leads us closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. But a lost man doesn't have the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. To the lost man, this is a mystery book. That's why you hear the media chime in. That's why you hear this world chime in and, and they totally misinterpret the scriptures because they have no man to guide them. I would submit to you this morning, uh, this evening, there are a lot of people on their heavenly uh, quest, that's, that, that, that heavenly treasure quest, and they even have the chest. And they went to church this morning hoping that somebody would open it for them. They went to church this morning and hoping that somebody had the key and would turn it and open it up so that they could understand it, so they could know the, the answer for the solution for their soul, so they could know what it was like to have the peace of having the forgiveness of their sins. But sadly, many went to a house of worship, but nobody turned the key in the chest to open the scriptures. That is the key was Philip being obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit of God and instructing him in the scriptures, instructing him in what he was reading. We have this man who is on his heavenly treasure quest. He has the chest that contains the treasure. Now we see the key to opening the chest. Notice with me number three, the treasure of great value. Verse number, where the question is asked in verse 31, how can I accept some man should guide me? We see in verse 32 and verse 33, the scripture he was reading, verse 34, and the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man. And Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Verse 37, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Oh, what is that treasure of great value? Why, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. You can have all of the wealth of this world. You can be the treasurer of a great the wealth of a great kingdom. You can be a servant to the queen. You can be one of great authority, but if you have not the Lord Jesus Christ, you are missing out on that which is of the greatest value. You are missing out of the greatest treasure ever known to man, and that is Jesus Christ himself. That was the treasure that the chest contained. That was what the man saw when Philip, as the key in the hand of an almighty God, turned the latch on that chest and then he saw the treasure he just preached unto him Jesus oh we got to get back to that in our churches we got to get back to that in, in our life as a Christian just preach unto the lost man Jesus all that you need to be saved is Jesus all that you need for forgiveness of your sins is Jesus all that you need for victory over your own failures is Jesus all that you need to get to heaven is Jesus all that you need to escape hell is Jesus the greatest treasure ever known to man the greatest treasure that man will ever know is the Lord Jesus Christ and his willingness to save sinful man when we are unworthy when we have that we, we, we have not earned it but yet the greatest treasure is the Lord Jesus Christ this man on his heavenly treasure quest he traveled the thousand miles to Jerusalem. 
He went to the temple to worship, but he found not what he was looking for in religion. He found not what he was looking for in a system of beliefs. Now we have him. He has the chest the whole time, but he doesn't have a way to open the chest. But yet, a faithful, obedient Christian was willing to leave success in ministry and go to the one and be willing to be the key to guide a lost man in the Scriptures. Now the chest is open, and now the the Ethiopian, he begins to see the treasure of the chest And now he's going to discover that it was worth the journey not to get to the house of worship, but he had the chest, the treasure the whole time in the chest. And now it is the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the treasure that man needs. Oh, we live in this materialistic world. Uh, You can attain all the wealth in the world. It won't get you any closer to heaven. You You can have all the stature in the world. It won't get you any closer to heaven. Only the Lord Jesus Christ. It won't matter what we have down here when we stand, when we take our last breath on this side of eternity. All that's going to matter. Have we been washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have we been forgiven? Have we been redeemed? Have we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? What a great treasure. The man's been on this quest. He now sees the treasure that he's been searching for. But notice the fourth thing I want you to see this evening is the joy of the found treasure. After the man is eager to be baptized... What doth hinder me to be baptized? That's different from a lot who are saved today. They get saved and they tell you all the things that does hinder them to being baptized. But here is a man, he's been on a quest. He's been searching. But now we see in verse 39, And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuchs saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. Just as quickly as Philip entered, the Lord Uh, took him away, and now he's gone. The the man looks around and says, okay, I don't see him. I'm just going to go on my way rejoicing. I've discovered the treasure that I've been looking for. I have found the treasure, the object of my quest. Can you imagine somebody who is a treasure hunter, and they follow the clues on a map, and they get to the treasure, and they discover the treasure. They discover that which they've been seeking. Oh, the joy that would be in their heart. Oh, if you found an old treasure map in some of your great-great-grandmother's belongings, you'd dust that thing off. You might not tell anybody, but you would dust that thing off if you followed the clues and you found that buried treasure. Anybody out there? Nobody did that when they were a kid? Just me? Anyway, if you had that, that buried treasure, you'd have some joy, wouldn't you? You'd be excited about it. Hey, I've been on this quest. I've traveled a thousand miles by chariot. I thought it would be in the house of worship. I thought it would be in the temple. It was not there. And now I've been parked by the wayside in a desert place. And here is somebody who came along and opened that chest for me. And I've discovered the treasure. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he went on his way rejoicing. Let me just pause right there. It'd be good for those that are saved to go on their way rejoicing a little more than we 
are rejoicing. How many of you are saved tonight? If you're saved tonight, you'll be saved tomorrow too. You'll be saved the next day too. You'll be saved. Well, uh, Pastor, I've got some tests coming up. Well, aren't you glad for salvation? Aren't you glad that you found the greatest treasure that man could ever discover? The Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I, I don't want anybody to be more excited about being saved than I'm excited about being saved. He went on his way rejoicing as the result of the found treasure. In conclusion, I'm going to leave you with this. Others are on a quest, just as this man was on a quest. They may have position. They may have the career they've always dreamed of having. They may have, ha have things that they have attained in this world, but something is missing. They may not travel a thousand miles to a place of worship. They may not travel a thousand miles to a place like Jerusalem, but they are visiting the home of religion, looking for that heavenly treasure, looking for that which will fill a void in their life, looking for that thing which will give them peace. They know something's missing. They, they, have, they have tried everything this world has had to offer. They have pursued everything this world said to pursue. They've attained what this world says you ought to attain, but yet there's something missing. And that's why our churches are, are full of people today who are looking for a treasure. And that's why it is a shame when they call themselves a church and somebody gets up and says, I don't even know if I have a Bible and I want you to feel good about yourself. Friend, that's why I get a little bit upset because the somebody came in those doors hoping to find the treasure. They're, they're, they're looking for it. They know they've got to have it. They're dissatisfied with what they have in life. They're looking for that treasure that will satisfy. They're looking for that which will fill the void in their life. There are others on that quest. You can attain a Bible very easily. They're looking for that heavenly treasure. But there's a Christian that holds the key to whether or not it'll ever be open to them. There's a Christian that sits in the cubicle next to them that has the key that could open the scriptures for them to find the treasure. There's a family member who has the key, who holds the key to their happiness, who holds the key to their future, who holds the key to that void that they have in their life, that holds the key to whether their eternity will be spent in a heaven or in a devil's hell, that holds the key of whether or not they'll ever have the opportunity to understand the Scriptures. You say, well, Pastor, I just don't know if I believe that. Oh, here is a man, an Ethiopian. He was searching so long and so hard. He would travel a thousand miles in the back of a dusty chariot trying to find the answer. You mean to tell me in this wicked day we live in, in this materialistic world that we live in, you mean to tell me that there are some who they are familiar with the Bible, they may have had a grandmother that was saved, and they're searching for the truth. They're searching for that treasure. You mean to tell me there's not somebody who is reading the scripture and they can't quite grasp that which they're looking for? And what they need is for somebody to be a key in the hand of God to unlock the treasure chest. 
so that they can discover that great, great treasure in the Lord Jesus Christ. My whole message is this. Every one of us holds the key to somebody's eternity. There's somebody the Lord will allow to cross your path this week that will not cross mine. There's somebody the Lord will allow to cross my path this week that will not cross yours. Your relatives are not my relatives and vice versa. Every one of us holds a key to somebody else. What are we going to do with that key? Friend, that's why the message I preached this morning is so important that we got to be willing to give every part of us to God because we're the key to somebody else's eternity. Wouldn't it be a sad thing? It'd be a tragic thing for man to be on this heavenly treasure quest looking, 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 and for one day, then to stand with that great white throne of judgment. And for us to be in that crowd, and if I could figuratively speak, reach and fill in our pocket the key that would have opened the chest that held their salvation.